You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. This I believe. Our stories matter. Your stories matter. And our shared stories matter too. Which is to say that your particular narratives should be paid attention to. They should be taken seriously, listened to, dealt with, celebrated and delighted in. Your stories matter and they should be regarded as holy because they are the invisible units from which your life was built and they, your stories do determine how you uniquely move through this world. Still, the best of stories are complex. Our stories are filled with dynamic characters and come to be in unexpected places. They are filled with surprises and cliffhangers, complications and conflicts. And although we are taught in school that all stories should have a very clear beginning, middle and end, the stories of our lives are more often than not composed of countless new beginnings, many middles, and even abrupt endings. So, so frequently, beauty is birthed within the complexities of our stories. And I believe that that is the grace of God. But it is also true that it is in the intersections and folds, in the changes and in the transitions that we find deeply distressing occurrences and sources of pain. On top of that, we humans end up just inheriting problematic stories from family whoops, and from our society that can unfortunately end up haunting us our whole lives long. The elaborate, complicated, beautiful, difficult, compelling, nuanced, miraculous stories of our lives matter. And, and getting free means doing the hard work of rewriting the parts of our stories that no longer serve us well. Our stories matter. And fighting for our freedom means rewriting the parts of our stories that no longer serve us well. This morning, on this hot morning, I want you to know that you can change your story. Your stories matter, and our shared stories matter too. Like individuals, we collectively inherit both the powerful stories that help us to understand who we truly are and the ones that burden, the ones that systematically perpetuate oppression and rob whole communities of people of their birthright, 
life, abundant life. And since we are gathered together in this sacred space on this day, it's worth mentioning again that the problem with this country is a deeply theological one which is to say that there is an awful, awful story woven into the very foundation of this country that is based on the lie that God loves some more than God loves others. Whether this is ever explicitly said or not, we know this and we see this when we look at whose lives and livelihoods are valued and protected. This society is burdened, suffocating really because of failing narratives. And together, together we are called to do the hard work of rewriting the stories that do anything other than free us. Change your story, change your world, change our stories, change our world. I share all of this because I believe that biblical narratives can function in our lives and in our communities in these same sorts of ways. They can both enlighten and serve as aids in oppression dependent on how they are told. When we crack open the sacred text and tell the same old stories that cast the same kinds of people in a negative light, when we tell biblical stories that always make the same kind of people out to be the villain, we end up perpetuating, participating in preserving faulty narratives that have negative effects on real lives. This is to say that how we treat biblical characters, especially those with marginalized identities, informs how real people with marginalized identities are treated and how we see ourselves. And as we seek to make sense of our beautifully nuanced lives, having stories Sharing biblical stories that create the space for us to be is of the utmost importance. As we do the work of rewriting the kinds of stories that harm, it would behoove us as people who believe that we are all children of God to also require more from our biblical narratives. That may look like reading the Bible and asking whose voice do we not hear? Or how else can I look at this as we seek to breathe new life into this text and hear what it is that God has to say to us today? As a minister and as a teacher, I have become incredibly passionate about looking at narratives like the one lifted up for us today from the 10th chapter of the book of Luke and working to, to give them new and diverse meaning by turning our attention to the people who are traditionally depicted as less than in popular interpretations. In today's gospel lesson, it's Martha. Martha is the one who is more often than not characterized simply as a dense and distracted woman who can't prioritize and nags too much. So 
I long to spend some more time with her. I want us to imagine what else Martha might have to say because her story matters. Furthermore, I have little interest in continuing to cast Martha who cries out and says to Jesus, don't you care that I'm alone here or her protest in a negative light. Her protest is justifiable. Her perspective is her truth, and I'm positive that if she is crying out, she is doing so for good reason. Change our stories, change our world. You see, this story about Martha and Mary begins with Martha welcoming Jesus, who is on this journey to Jerusalem into her home. Jesus has literally just finished talking about what it means to love one's neighbor, and now he's being taken care of by Martha, who without a doubt gets right to work preparing a meal for him. The complication appears when we are then told that Mary, Martha's sister, is sitting at Jesus' feet, hanging on to Jesus' every word. Mary's spending time with Jesus complicates and overshadows Martha's hospitality because, to put it simply, Martha is not. She is not putting all of her energy into absorbing what Jesus, this great teacher, is saying because she is busy doing what she's been told she must do. Could you imagine being in the kitchen on, let's say, I don't know, a day like yesterday, having to cook for an unexpected guest and someone who you know well, someone who you love, someone who has the ability and the the skills to be supportive or at the very least could check in with you to make sure you're doing all right, doesn't even lift a finger to help out. I don't know about you, but I would definitely start to spin internally. (laughs) I would be tired. We also should go ahead and name that Martha in this context is fulfilling the role assigned to her by society. As a woman, the deeply flawed story that she was told was that her place was not at the feet of a teacher receiving a word that could be like cold water for her weary soul. She was taught that it was not her place to even try to position herself to receive the guidance, the resources that could help her to increase her quality of life. She was told that her place was over there. She was repeatedly shown that her life and the lives of people like her did not matter as much. And because of this, she probably began to wonder if God loved her as much. 
when it comes to challenging traditional interpretations of this narrative, understanding this dynamic is important because when Martha confronts Jesus and yells, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? She is clearly buckling. But what if Martha is buckling not under the weight of household chores or a too long to-do list, but under the weight of social norms and unjust policies that downplay her humanity and work to squeeze her vastness, her brilliance, her magic into a too small space where she can no longer breathe? What if she is carrying on because in her heart of hearts, she knows some things are amiss and that there has to be more to life? Right about here is where Martha is usually othered and added to the list of biblical characters we are taught that we should want nothing to do with. While Mary is exalted as one who spends time with and clearly loves God. But we can change the story. Because why does Martha's advocating for herself have to compete with her love of God? When demanding that one's humanity be respected is a courageous expression of love for God within. The thing is, tainted interpretations of biblical narratives like this one are a part of the reason why those who weaponize religion have the audacity to suggest to marginalized people that if you just pray more or increase the amount of quiet time you spend with the Lord or think positively, things would surely get better for you. When the truth of the matter is that the way this society is set up, that is simply not the case. You see, I can't help wondering if Jesus' response to Martha, which seems to begin with him shaking his head while saying Martha, Martha, and seems to end with what we've come to understand as him simply saying, be like Mary, is not so much of a rebuke, but an affirmation of Martha's humanity and an invitation for her, like Mary, who sat in a place where women were told they did not belong, to push through obstacles, defy any social boundaries, and challenge all ways of thinking that get in the way of your getting what you deserve in this life. We can learn from Martha. What we can learn from Martha is that asking for help is a courageous act. That asking for help and asking for help again when you are feeling alone, when you are in need of support, when life throws you a curveball, when you find yourself in a deep, dark place, or when this world just ain't treating you right, is okay. 
more than okay, really, because resistance is obedience to God. We've got to listen to and honor those parts of ourselves that say something about this way that I am being told that I have to move through this world just isn't right. We can also learn from this encounter with Martha and Mary that we, every single one of us, are allowed to take up space. Speaking of taking up space and having spent this time, I hope looking at this passage with new eyes, it is my earnest prayer that we would do the work of wrestling with and rewriting the stories that no longer serve us well, individually or collectively. You can change the story. You can change the story so that you, so that others can be. You can change the story so that we have space to breathe, space to experience life abundantly. Change your story, change your world. Change our stories, change our world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.